I'll take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philemon this evening. I'm going to continue one more round through these little letters. We've gone through them twice now, and I want to go through one more time, and then preparing another series of messages uh, for some future uh, Sunday evenings. I want to go through these little letters, these one-chapter letters. Paul is writing to this man named Philemon. If you remember, he's this wealthy man living in the city of Colossae, but had been saved during the ministry of Paul over in Ephesus. And he writes to Philemon, and he addresses a, a woman named Aphia. We're assuming that's Philemon's wife. And then a, another man named Archippus. And we, that's probably the pastor of the church there that's meeting in Philemon's house. Some people believe it might be their son. And he's writing on behalf of a runaway slave named Onesimus. So there's 25 verses. Let's read through this one more time together, and then let me share some thoughts with you tonight that I hope will be a help and a blessing to us as we go through this for a third round. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother." Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee, there, thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him, that is, mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit uh, should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever." Now, not as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou commit me there for a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand, I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self beside, Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Have, having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But with all, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that through the pra your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So again, Paul has had this relationship with this man Philemon 
Philemon has gone back to Colossae, and at least a church is meeting in his house during this time. At, this, at some point, he has a slave that is named Onesimus that steals from uh, Philemon and runs away and uh, makes it all the way to Rome. And at some point while in Rome, he's arrested for, some, for something. And, and by the providence of God, his path intersects with the Apostle Paul. And again, I think we're going to get to heaven one day, and we're going to find all kinds of people that Paul, Roman soldiers and guards and prisoners that he met while in prison, uh, Paul was witnessing no matter where he was at. And he witnesses to Onesimus, he gets saved, he begins to disciple him, and to make everything right, he tells Onesimus, it's, it's time for you to go back and make things right with Philemon. That's a huge request, isn't it? Here's a guy that was a slave, He's escaped from that, but he's been saved, and apparently he's willing to go back and to uh, try to make things right with his master, Onesimus. We've looked at two messages prior to this evening, and we first of all considered the life-changing power of the gospel, how it changes people, and it's the, the, the powerful gospel. Uh, out of Romans 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 16, we, we, we spoke of that great power in the gospel. And consider just the life of Paul and how it changed him, this religious zealot that was out there persecuting believers for their faith and that were, uh, 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 that were Christians and, and was contrary to their Jude, uh, Jew, Jewish religion, uh, how it changed Philemon and, and certainly how it changed Onesimus. I trust you've allowed the gospel to change your lives, uh, that it's made that difference in you as well. And then we spoke a second time about the love life that is mentioned throughout here. Paul appeals to love multiple times in here, and we talked about when we love God supremely, and when your love life is correct, there were three things that were possible. First of all, forgiveness is possible when your love life is, is, is correct. Paul is asking Onesimus to do a big thing. He's asking uh, Philemon to do a big thing, to forgive one another and to, to move on. And it is possible when our love life is correct. Serving is possible when our love life is correct. And then giving is possible when our love life is correct. As we review this this evening, it really is easy to see that this is a messy situation, isn't it? We're dealing with slavery. Uh, we're not at all excusing slavery. We're not uh, uh, making a, 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 any type of excuse for it this evening. Um, but at this time, slavery was well accepted in that, in that, in that uh, uh, culture, in the Roman Empire, and even amongst believers. Paul frequently addressed servants and slaves in his writings. It was a part of life then. And, but we would know how wrong it is and, and how difficult that would make a situation. We're dealing with slavery. We're dealing with theft. We're dealing with a runaway slave, which in, the, in our own opinion, we probably wouldn't have a problem with him escaping that type of a lifestyle. And we're dealing with Paul, who was imprisoned for his faith. There's problems everywhere in this. Why are there problems? Well, there are problems because there are people, Right? People cause problems. And they're not always uh, even from Christians here. Paul is in prison because of a, a corrupt Roman government, a, a government that was against Christianity and various things, and there was problems all around them. I review my 
52-year life. I'd have to be honest that I've caused a handful of problems through the years. Things that I'm not proud of and that I wish I would have uh, handled in a better situation or a better way. But we've all caused problems, haven't we, at some point or another. In my 29 years of ministry, I've tried to help some people that were in some big problems. Couples coming to me, families coming to me, individuals coming to me. Lives are a mess. I just had a text message uh, just this week from a young man that, that I was able to meet, well, I don't even know how many years ago, 15 years ago or so, and uh, when I met him, his life was a complete mess, full of alcohol and drugs, uh, did not know Christ as his Savior. Uh, you would have looked at this, this individual and you would have thought there was no way that he could ever get his life straight. And it wasn't because of me. I'm certainly not trying to take any credit for this. But it was amazing when a person turns their life over to Christ and just surrenders to Christ, what can happen in a person's life? Uh, to see a person get clean and to never have an issue to going back to those drugs and, and, and to see a life that was immoral and, and, and corrupt and to suddenly see him now living a life that is pleasing to the Lord, teaching junior church this morning and with his wife and his children and, and, and then calling out to his former pastor to pray for his lost father who just had a stroke. And if you'd pray for this man, his name's Al Neely. And his son has asked us to pray for him. He needs to be saved and just had a major stroke. And we want to pray for his salvation. But to see God can fix these problems that we find. Problems are messy. And sometimes we'd rather look the other way. We see an issue ahead and we, we take a detour around that because we don't want to have to deal with it. We don't want to get our hands dirty in this mess. And that's not the way Christ would have us to do this. In fact, tonight I want to share with you some thoughts here on some tips for mediating broken relationships. Uh, tips for mediating problems amongst people. We learn much from this in here. As I mentioned, we oftentimes have to deal with difficulties. I read this story. I thought it might give a little bit of humor here as we get into this message this evening. But I read this story that was setting was back in the early 1900s, and uh, there was a man that lived back in the mountains and uh, way back in the in the hills there in this little community. And he was he was mean. He was he was uh, difficult to deal with <clears throat> amongst the people in the community, amongst his own family, and especially to his wife. And one day the the man up and died, and uh, it was not a uh, at that time no funeral homes in that community and they certainly weren't embalming and so they got him in a pine box and they're going to bury him the next day and the pallbearers were carrying that box out as they were trying to have a little service and one of the men stumbled and the box uh, rammed into a fence post and the, 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 the sudden jarring of this box this man woke up he was in a deep coma but he wasn't dead starts knocking on the the box there and they get him out and he, was, he had some health problems after that, but he lived for about another year. And he was mean for another year, causing problems for another year. And then he up and died a second time, this time for real. They put him in the same pine box. Got the same pallbearers. And as they were walking by that widow lady, she said, Guys, please watch out for that fence post this time. 
He was done dealing with it, right? I'm certainly not as assuming that any of us would want someone to die, but sometimes we try to avoid the problems as much as possible. And God wants us to help people, help situations when there are problems in there. So let's look at some of these tips this evening. And remember that the, it's a life-changing gospel that can change people. And these all these individuals that we're speaking of here have a testimony of salvation. So it was possible for them to overcome the crimes and the social injustice, the racial tensions and all the things there. But notice, first of all, the first tip that I'd like to give us this evening for mediating these broken relationships is, number one, pray frequently. Notice what Paul says in verse number four. I thank my God, making mention of thee always, in my prayers. Uh, this may be the most important tip we'll share this evening. Can't emphasize to you enough how important it is for us to be prayed up prior to trying to ever help anybody, trying to ever work with anybody. Remember this, there's nothing in us and our own selves that can really accomplish what needs to be accomplished, but it's God through us. And we must be completely dependent and leaning upon the Lord. And there's no other way to demonstrate that, that dependency than to praying to God. Saying, God, this is a situation that's more than I am and greater than I am. And I'm asking you for help. I'm asking you for wisdom. I'm asking you for guidance. And to pray frequently for yourself, for those involved. Paul says, I have prayed for you always, making mention of you always in my prayers. Years ago, as a youth pastor, there was a situation with a, uh, a teen parent, and um, I went to my pastor to explain what it was, and he says, well, you're going to have to go to him and talk to him. And I did not want to go to him and talk to him. It was intimidating. He was older. He was bigger. He was stronger. He was meaner, all those things. And I was just, I, I, I did not want to talk to him about this. And I said, well, really, Pastor, I think it's something you should handle. It's a very delicate situation. And he says, no, you're going to handle this. And I was dreading it. But that dread caused me to do lots of praying. Lord, I need your help. I don't know what to say to him. I don't know how to say it. I don't know how to, how to go about this. Lord, would you help me? And I prayed about it frequently. I prayed about it fervently. And I asked God to intervene in that situation. And uh, I went to that man and probably uh, shaken and, and nervous and all of those things. And I presented myself to him. I said, I'd like to talk to you about this situation. He said, yeah, let's talk about that. And I thought, oh, here we go. And we went over into a corner and it was the smoothest conversation that I could ever imagine. And he received what I had to say. He shared some thoughts with me. And he patted me on the back and said, we're all good. And it was good. And, and, and continued to have a good and, and profitable friendship with one another. And I have no doubt that it was the preparation of prayer that allowed that to happen. It was a volatile situation. It was a situation that could have gotten uh, uh, very uh, messed up if, 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 if Satan could have continued to work in there. But by praying through that, I believe the Lord intervened and blessed those efforts. And so as you're working in your own relationships or you're working to help some others that are getting through things, be consistent and faithful in your prayer life. 
asking God to intervene on your behalf. Second thing here, second tip I'd like to give you this evening on dealing with these broken relationships, especially as what we see in here, when it's possible to remind all involved about their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul brings that out in verse number five, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and to all saints. Before Paul ever makes any request concerning Onesimus, he reminds Philemon of his walk with the Lord Jesus. It's like he's putting Philemon in the right setting, the right mindset, reminding him, hey, hey you're a Christian. You're a believer. And there's going to be some responsibilities that come with being a Christian. In other words, I don't want you to handle this as an unsaved person would. I don't want you to handle this as a carnal believer would. I want you to handle this as a mature Christian should do this. And it's good to be reminded, hey, wait a minute, we're not going to handle this like the world would. We're not going to go out back and just duke it out. We're going to talk about this as Christ has told us to talk about this. And presented in that right fashion. And so lean heavy on the fact of a person's relationship with Jesus Christ. Reminding them of those responsibilities. I'm reminded of a John chapter 13 where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And his disciples have been arguing and, and debating on who of them would have the greatest positions and all those things. They're, they're very, 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 being very carnal in their in their activities. And the Lord reminds us, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. Listen, that's a, that's a mark of a Christian. And the world needs to see that we're different, that we're a Christian, that we behave differently, that we act differently. And so remind all involved about their relationship with Jesus Christ. And by the way, there's something more important than what you being right or wrong. And that's the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Several years ago, I, uh, I bought something at a garage sale. And uh, just something, something for, uh, uh, in fact, I stopped there. I saw it. We were driving by. It was in our neighborhood. And I was driving by and I saw something that I needed. Uh, of course, you'd need something at a yard sale. But it was actually a tool that I was looking for. And so I pulled over and, and, and I said, hey, I'd like to get that. Uh, there and, and and we had a price agreed upon and 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 I gave it to him. And uh, later he has a mutual friend. He, he told his friend that uh, I didn't, I hadn't paid him everything that I owed him for that tool. And his friend told me that. And I said, really? It was like twenty or thirty dollars. I don't remember. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure I paid that. And he says, well, he doesn't think you paid it. And I said, okay. And so I was, my flesh is just wanting to say, you were right, you paid it, move on. But then I thought to myself, he knows I'm a preacher, I claim to be a Christian, and it was worth it to me to give the extra 20 or $30 for that. I showed up at his house one day and knocked on the door, and he looked out and he saw me, he's like, yeah. I said, hey, I didn't realize I didn't pay you that, I didn't argue with them. I didn't claim that I, that I had paid. I think I already paid this. I just I said, here's the I, I, I apologize. And he looked at me. It's like, and he tried to give it back. No, that's fine. I said, no. I said, I didn't pay you. Here it is. Because I wanted my testimony. That was more important to me, the testimony of Jesus Christ, than 20 or $30. And so let's be careful. Remember that we are relationship with Christ. 
urge that upon people. And so pray frequently, remind each other about our relationship with Christ. I think another thing we see throughout this passage, not necessarily one verse that we'll look at, but throughout the passage, you see Paul uses a spiritual tact. He's not just blunt and straightforward. Which, by the way, I think there are times where we need to be blunt and straightforward. But there are some times that we can also lay the groundwork a little bit. Prepare people for things. And I think we see that here. Uh, Paul certainly could have been that blunt person using his apostolic authority. But he builds a case using the testimony of Philemon. Using Paul as himself as an example, also speaking of this newfound faith in Onesimus. And I believe by doing this, he allowed the Holy Spirit an opportunity to work in the heart of Philemon. He gets to hear these things. It's not just Paul saying, do this. Hey, I'm, a, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have this authority. Get it right. He doesn't do that. But he gives them an opportunity to hear the truth and to let the Holy Spirit work in his heart. I have found that you'll have much more success with an individual when they see and recognize their their own situation rather than being told straight out. You understand what I'm saying there? Uh, Letting the Holy Spirit reveal that to them. Years ago as a pastor, I had a a man stopped by our church uh, that goes, went to our church, and, but he stopped by during the day, and he said, hey, I'd like to go to the altar and pray for a little bit. I said, sure, help yourself. And so he went to the altar, and he was only there for a few moments, and he came back and said, I really just need to talk to you for a few minutes. And I said, well, what's the problem? And he said, um, he says, do you think I should, should be drinking? And I said, well, what do you think? He says, well, I'm thinking I probably shouldn't be drinking, but I don't know why. Now, here's the rest of the story. About a month earlier, one of our men was discipling him at his house. And the friend opened up the refrigerator to get a bottle of water out of there, and he saw a bunch of beer bottles in there. And that, that guy came and he says, should we say something to him? I said, no, let's just hold off for a little bit. So he's a new believer. Let's let him grow in the Lord and see what happens here. And so the next week he went back and he says the beer bottles were still in there, but they were farther back in the refrigerator. You know, like through the week he'd been getting other things out and those kept getting pushed farther and farther back. And then several weeks later he shows up at the church to pray. And then he asked that question. And it was a thing that I came to his realization as he was growing in the Lord that made a whole, bit, made a whole lot bigger of an impact in his life than if I would have told him or that guy would have told him right up front, hey, knock it off. You shouldn't be doing that. And by waiting, it gave God time to work in his heart and in his life. And so use some spiritual text. Certainly follow the leadership of the Lord. Now, there may have been a time I might have went to him and said, hey, you need to stop this. You know, this is a struggle in your life. You need to put these things away. Perhaps that's what I would have done. But I'm saying, allow the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work and use some spiritual tact. And I believe we see that here as Paul deals with this situation, laying a groundwork for the Holy Spirit to work in hearts. So, pray fervently and frequently. Uh, uh, remind all involved about their relationship with Jesus Christ. Use some spiritual tact. 
We also see this. Be willing to put your own skin in the game here. Paul, if you remember, not only willing to write to Philemon on behalf of Onesimus, he's willing to pay for some things. He's willing to put his name on the line. Look at verse 17 and 18. It says, if thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. Paul was willing to put himself out there both personally and financially. Willing to say, hey, I, 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 listen, on my friendship, on our relationship, would you receive this man? I've spent time with him. I've discipled him. He's my son in the faith. Would you receive him as you would receive myself? And then he says, hey, I'm willing to pay for anything that he has wronged you with. I'm willing to make sure that that is covered. Paul put himself out there. Listen, having relationships is a good chance you're going to have hurts in it, isn't there? Difficulties, problems. Uh, they're messy. And so you've got to put yourself out there on a limb at times. I believe we see that here with Paul. He was willing to do this. He was willing to do this for the possibility of having a restored relationship. And then number five this evening, remind all that are involved, including yourself, of how gracious God has been in each of our lives. This evening, Josh and Giselle sang that song, Your Grace Still Amazes Me. I think it's a good thing for us to remember at times what God saved us from, where we were at. And if God could forgive me, then I can forgive you. And I'm working with somebody, and if God can forgive you, then you can forgive them. Reminding them that. Years ago at another ministry, I was working with a couple and it was an awful situation. There have been many hurts on both sides. And trying to work with them, and we weren't getting anywhere fast. It was, it was difficult. It was hard. And I remember one of them saying one day, why should I forgive them? Why should I forgive them? They've done this, 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 and this. And the only answer I could give them was this. Because God forgave you. And I saw that person pause and I saw that person begin to, to, to think about that. Listen, you think about our own relationships with God. We've been unfaithful to God. We've been, we've been unprofitable to God. We've, uh, uh, we've not done everything that God has wanted. Listen, we've not been the ideal Christians and yet God has forgiven us. And remind ourselves and remind those that are involved of how gracious God has been in our lives. And let us also work at bestowing that same type of grace with those that we're working with. There's one thing that Philemon teaches us. This book of Philemon, it teaches us that God desires for relationships to be right between Christians. And we should be willing to help others be right with each other as well as protect those relationships. God wants us to get along. God wants us to protect and fight for friendships and relationships. And so let's put ourselves out there and let's, 
Let's uh, work at these things and certainly be people of prayer. Remember the testimony of Jesus Christ. Use some spiritual wisdom intact. Be willing to put yourself into this and remind ourselves constantly of how gracious God has been in our own lives. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this evening? Philemon, Onesimus. You know, we don't ever get the rest of how that went. It certainly gives us the idea that Philemon received them back and they continued to have their relationship not just as a servant and a master, but as brothers in Christ. That seems to be the insinuation, but we don't know. But I wonder today, perhaps you have a struggle in a relationship. Perhaps you've had problems in the past with someone. The Lord's working in your heart about your relationship with them. Or perhaps just even the thought of protecting your relationships. I pray the Lord will work in your heart this evening and be obedient to Him as He's working in your life. Father, I pray that you take this invitation for these few moments that we have, God, and Lord, help us to be obedient to you this evening. We're working in hearts and lives. Thank you for the example of Onesimus and Philemon, Lord. I pray, God, that you would... Uh, Help us, Lord, to uh, take the advice and the direction that is given here in this passage of Scripture, Lord, in protecting our relationships. Use this invitation now for your honor and your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. As the piano begins to play, the Lord spoke to your heart. Would you respond to him this evening? <laughs>